0: Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. Helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackaby Ministries International.
1: Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. Richard, it's always good to have you.
0: Well, I'm sure it is.
1: (laughs) It wouldn't be much of the Richard Blackaby Podcast without you. (laughs) uh so your beloved buffalo how are they doing
0: oh yeah well i think the last time we talked they were two and oh and in typical buffalo fashion they are now two and three so three straight losses but they've right. learned much from those losses and we'll be a better team for it
1: i'm sure they will <laughs> and, and we all are holding our breath
0: and it still doesn't count yet it's still preseason, so yeah. that loss it won't matter a lick oh yeah Oh, Uh, yeah. In the big scheme of things. Yeah. But
1: once the season starts, that's when they really turn on. That's when they start trying. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Well, we've got an interesting topic today uh, talking about how leaders can avoid uh, growing stale and the signs that leaders do grow stale. Like, is this a big thing in, in leadership? Why have you chosen to talk about this today?
0: Well, Sam, I I think it is, and whenever you see an organization that's vibrant, that's growing, that's innovative, that is confident, and uh, moving forward into the future, you typically will find leaders who are just like it, that are dynamic, that are growing, that are confident, Uh, but when you see an organization that has declined, or has plateaued, or is losing momentum, or is becoming uh, confused or distracted as it approaches the future inevitably you find a leader like that as well and uh, and I I don't think any leader and plans to be you know my goal for this year is to become stale you <laughs> yeah. know no one no one plans on that but it does happen quite often and uh, I had a when I was in seminary I had a professor say something one time that was very rude but it was memorable and what he said was he said he, uh, whenever he was invited to go preach at a in a church uh, the pastor often would, would bring him into his office beforehand and while he was in the office this professor would look at all the books on the shelves of the pastor's office look at the publisha- uh, publication dates and then he said he would try to figure out what year that pastor had died and mm. what he meant was you know if, if there's no books on the shelves published in the last 10 years then he died ten years ago. In other words, when he stopped growing, he died. Mm. And although that's a very obnoxious kind of comment to make, uh, I've kind of done the same thing since then. When I'm in someone's office now, of course, now it's on Kindle and electronic, and so sure. you know, a little trickier it, it's day. a little harder now to go into someone's <laughs> iPad and figure out when they died. But uh, <laughs> but still, when you when you are in a room that has books, and obviously they read, you know, hardcover kind of books. Um, that's one of the signs that this guy stopped growing, stopped learning. Yeah, and, so uh, you, can't, you can't afford to do that because your, your organization will reflect your leadership. And when you stop growing as a leader, inevitably your your company, your organization is going to stop growing as well.
1: Yeah, so, so not learning anything new is, is one of the signs. What are some other signs that uh, a leader is, is growing stale? Well, uh, there, there's a number of them when their organization
0: starts to plateau. That's a sign that perhaps the leader is losing their momentum as well, their mm-hmm. enthusiasm, their their creativity. But uh, there's a number of reasons why leaders do grow stale. I mean, what causes them to do that? Um, one is that they just feel like they've arrived. Perhaps when they were climbing up the corporate ladder, they were trying to outwork everyone else to have more success they're trying to better the, their skill sets and so they're going to seminars and conferences they're putting in extra time they're trying to solve problems and catch the eye of management but but one day they end up in the corner office and now they're in the management position they always coveted and it's like okay i don't have to work so hard anymore now i can enjoy the perks now i now the people below me do the hard work I don't have to work so hard anymore. And whenever someone has that sense of I've arrived or I don't have to work so yeah. hard now, if you're trying to become a, a tenured professor so that you can't, it's hard to get fired anymore and you, you get a good pay with good benefits. And you, when you're a junior professor, you're an assistant, you're publishing articles, you're going to conferences, you're trying to be, de- develop uh, skills as a lecturer. But now you're a tenured professor. Now you can't really be fired. Now you can kind of slack off and, and uh, visit in the faculty room and, and relax. And, and uh, a lot of leaders, you'll, you'll notice if you look back at their life, they'll have a very productive period in their life where they accomplish some things. And then at a certain point, they just start coasting on their previous accomplishments. They sort of bask in the glory of what they did in the past. They live off their reputation. So when people feel like, well okay, I worked hard to earn this position. Now I'm here. Now I'm going to take my foot off the pedal and just relax a bit. That's always one of the signs and sometimes too when people rise up as leaders, they of course people will praise you. They they want to get in good with you. They want to tell you what you want to hear. And some leaders start believing their press. They start mm-hmm. believing that they really are God's gift to that company and <laughs> that it would, the company wouldn't be there without them or certainly not as profitable. And w- when, when things go to your head, uh, you don't stay sharp anymore. You're now you're, you're enjoying all the accolades more than you are, uh, getting down to work. You're listening to the, uh, cycle fans who just want to praise you all the time so they can uh, gain favors from you instead of really talking to the people that are pointing out the problems and the issues that need to be addressed. Uh, some just go lazy. I mean, they just they worked hard, and now uh, as they get older, they get lazy. And I see people that, boy, I tell you what, when they were on business travel, they were always reading a leadership management book. They were always reading a book in their field. Now they're just watching the in-flight movie. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't feel like they want to put the time in anymore. It's I, I've earned this perk, and some people really do look at management as. Once you get to management, then you, you get to coast. It's the people on the shop floor that have to work hard. But management gets to leave uh, work early, come in late, have extended lunch breaks. We get the expense accounts. Uh, and it's, a, it's sort of a, there is a certain human tendency to, to think when you get to the top, then you get to relax while yeah, people below. Sort of the promised land. Yeah, you, you, know, you work hard till you get there. Uh, and you know, another one is that leaders, sometimes they just lose a sense of vision when they were younger, when they were maybe starting out in business, maybe when they started their own company, uh, they had this great vision of what could be, and they were driven by that vision. But sometimes the worst thing to happen is that you achieve your vision. You know, you do get that company that you always wanted to start. You, you, you start, you, you start that store that you always wanted to have, uh, you know, you get, uh, you become a professor or you you become a doctor or whatever it is. And at a certain point, you don't have a new vision. There's nothing in the future that drives you forward anymore. Uh, in fact, I, one of the ways you become stale is when people look more and focus more on the past than they do on the future. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the future that drives them anymore. Uh, and so if you do achieve your goal, and some people can achieve their goals early in life, I mean, uh, for some people, actually, it's, It's disastrous to be too successful early in life because there's nothing to strive for. You know, if you're in your 30s and you already have all the money that you uh, could need and you've got a nice house, you've got a good family, at a certain point it's like, well, what else do I strive for? Now I just, I guess I just start coasting. And actually, that's why for some people it's disastrous when they retire because when they retire, now they're kind of living in the past. It's all about what they used to do. But there's nothing that drives them forward in the future. Yeah, sometimes I'll uh, I'll ask a leader, well, where do you see this organization going? You know, if there's someone that is still vibrant and enthusiastic, they say, well, we're hoping to go international with this product. We're hoping to open a second office on the other side of the country. We're hoping to launch this new product line. We're looking to build a state-of-the-art new facility. Uh, you, then you you realize, boy, they're they're being driven by the challenges that, that lie ahead of them but uh, if you ask well where are you going and they, they don't have anything really exciting it just maintained you know everything is great we have a all the facilities we need we we're happy with the products we have right now we'll just keep rolling them out again uh, then you realize okay they're in danger now because there's nothing in the future that's pulling them forward anymore hmm. that's why I think sometimes when people retire they're in trouble because they've now there's, they, they look back into their past, what they used to do, but there's nothing in the future that, that pulls them forward, that makes them have to keep growing. And so that's why, even if you, I mean, it's fine to retire, but then you need to have an, another vision for your life as a leader. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a, as a volunteer now, maybe it's you know volunteering your time overseas or mentoring younger executives or something, but uh, you, you have to have something that keeps driving you to grow. You have to have a reason to keep growing. Uh, most people aren't motivated to grow just simply to grow. It's yeah. uh, so that they have something to offer, uh, some challenge to meet. I also find some people just lose focus. They, when they're starting out, I mean, they're very focused on getting ahead, uh, having some success, developing a, a company. But as they, as they uh, mature as a leader, all of a sudden there's a lot of distractions. All of a sudden they're being asked to serve on various boards and to volunteer their time. And people want their attention, they want their involvement, their investment. And all of a sudden you find people that uh, are uh, distracted with all kinds of secondary issues. It's not, they they, they take their eye off the ball. And uh, that happens, you know, some people have have said that about Lee Iacocca, that when he came to Chrysler, he was really focused on turning that company around. But but after he did, uh, he got distracted he's making lots of money. He's on, uh, all kinds of talk show circuits. He writes books. He becomes a celebrity. All of a sudden he's showing up at all kinds of celebrity events and, uh, he's even considered to run for president and he's being, uh, enticed for, to do various things. And, and if you, if you watch that, the more public, uh, notoriety he receives, the more of a celebrity he becomes the worse his company does. And although he had turned around at one point, by the time he leaves Chrysler, he's been bedazzled by big amounts of money, perks, all kinds of benefits. And it's almost as if this leader took his eye off the ball and he became distracted by the trappings of success. And so that's always a danger. Uh, the, the, the great leaders don't really do that, uh, the, the great leaders don't let things go to their head. They stay modest. I think that's one of the things Jim Collins says in Good to Great. Even though they're wildly successful, they still live relatively modestly. Yeah, uh, their lifestyle is not extravagant. They may have hobbies, but they're not just consumed by them. And uh, but but for some people, you know, they grow stale as a leader when all of a sudden they're just distracted by everything else but their leadership role. And uh, and that's that's easy to do. And certainly money. And fame can be two very distracting elements in for anybody's sure. life. Some people become just entitled, uh, and that's where a lot of the scandals come from. People that turned a company around, or started a, a business, or started a church, whatever it is they started, you can you can feel as if if it wasn't for me, this wouldn't be here. Uh, and so I'm I deserve these perks. Uh, the company should pay for my daughter's birthday party, because after all, I've made huge profits for them this year. And uh, yeah. I deserve a $10,000 shower curtain in my my company office uh, yeah. en suite, because uh, I've made huge profits for this company over the years, or it would be bankrupt if it wasn't for me. And so sometimes people become so entitled that they lose sight. It's about the company. It's not about them. Great leaders always realize that they'll, they'll move on one day, but hopefully the organization that they leave behind is stronger than ever. It's always about the organization they lead. Their leaders are just stewards. Yeah. But some people, they, they get to the point where now it's it's about me, it's what I deserve, and they'll take all kinds of um, perks and pay and benefits, even to the detriment of the organization, because uh, now they, they're they more focusing on the, the perks of a leader than they're focusing on the role of the leader at that point. So there's, there's a number of reasons. And, you, and people just can think at a certain point, well, I know how to do this now. I've had success. I don't need yeah. to learn anymore. Why, why should I, I've written a book on leading in this field now. Why should I read a book uh, anymore? And so, you know, they may be uh, very current at that moment, but the moment they stop reading, the moment they stop learning, they, they're starting to fall behind. And eventually they're not cutting edge anymore. Uh, they used to be, And at at that point where they were the leader in their field, they stopped learning. They stopped growing. And now, five years later, they're hopelessly behind. And uh, you you see it happen where people start to think, well, I'm the expert here. I I need to give others advice. I don't need to be seeking advice. And when that happens, you're in dangerous uh, territory of becoming uh, plateaued and stagnant and stale as a result.
1: Yeah, well, there's lots of things that can derail you as a leader and especially cause you to to not grow as a leader. Let's take a quick break here. And then uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some ways that uh, you can prevent that from happening. Richard and his father, Henry, wrote a book called Spiritual Leadership. This book has been used in university leadership courses, and it's a great resource for anyone who wants to take their leadership to the next level. And right now you can get 10% off With promo code PODCAST. Go to blackabestore.org and use promo code PODCAST at checkout for 10% off your copy of Spiritual Leadership. And we'll also have links to the book in the show notes. All right, so we've seen where there's lots of things that that can cause a leader to grow stale, there's lots of reasons for for not growing and, and not learning. So, what are some ways that a leader could avoid? those pitfalls and and those issues that we talked about before the break?
0: Well, Sam, I think one is just always be a lifelong learner, always be desiring to be growing, always have a book in in your hand or nearby that uh, you can just be reading and and striving to find a a fresh thought, a new insight. I've told the story before about my dad Uh, when he was probably about 70. uh, He was at my house. We were going to be writing a book together and we had devoted an entire day just to basically sketch out a new book we're going to do jointly. And uh, I had planned to meet him at six o'clock in the morning. And when I came down at six in the morning, uh, my dad was already up and was all excited because he'd spent the last two hours in study. Uh, And he had 12 pages of notes from what he had gleaned that morning in his personal study time in the Bible. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, my dad has read the Bible countless times uh, he's got it all dog-eared and marked up uh, every page. Why would he, at 70 years old, uh, who's an expert in the Bible, who's read the Bible more than most people his age, certainly, uh, why would he be getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning and reading it and studying it and taking notes still? And I realized, well, that's why he's still fresh. That's why people still want his counsel. Because even at age 70, he, you know, I, at, at age 70, I would think, well, I'll get up at eight o'clock <laughs> and uh sure i'll have i'll read my bible but uh, why who would set their alarm for four in the morning uh because they just had so much they wanted to to learn before they started off their day but it's it's that kind of mindset that means that even well into your senior years You can still be someone that younger people want to be around and want to ask questions from because your mind is still alert and fresh and growing and processing new concepts, new thoughts.
1: Well, and I think, too, not even necessarily learning new stuff in your specific field, but just just learning new things. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like very specific to what maybe your role is, but... But just even in just, general, just having an attitude of inquisitiveness of, and
0: and you often see that where people are just curious about things, they're just asking questions, and they they have hobbies and they're trying to learn various things. Uh, that that means that your mind, it, it's helping your mind stay sharp. It might not be directly related to your the work that you do, but any time that you can keep your mind agile and fresh and inquisitive, that's going to help your work. That's yeah. going to help you in the way you give attention to things. You know, there's a the second thing, and that is just stay humble, stay grateful. When, when, if you have uh, achieved leadership status, um, don't ever forget that that's a, you're, 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 you may have worked hard, you may have earned that position, but it's still a gift. And uh, leadership roles can come and go. You, your, your company could have been bought out. You could have been let go, regardless of how hard you've worked, how much time you put in. Your company maybe have been fortunate enough uh, to survive when others didn't. Um, There's other good people who worked hard that aren't in your position, and so you need to just remain humble, and that'll that'll protect you from becoming entitled, becoming egotistical, closing your mind down. Um, A third thing you can do is just um, surround yourself with uh, people that will push you, will challenge you, that will dare to ask you questions uh you always when you see someone who's really grown stale oftentimes they surround themselves with yes men just people that tell them what they want to hear they don't ever challenge them anymore uh whatever they say everybody else thinks is great even if it isn't uh but the people that that stay fresh are the ones who surround themselves with other strong people who have strong opinions as well and uh it forces the leader to be sharp to do their homework if they're going to come in and lead a meeting with a bunch of sharp people, they're going to that are going to push back. Uh, then that means they've got to do their homework too and be ready. They can't slough off, or else it'll become obvious. And so, um, th- so that's again, I, I, I get in a reading club, get around some guys that just uh, meet and push each other like iron sharpening iron. Uh, but that that again will keep you in a place of of knowing you have to keep growing. If you if you can insulate yourself so that there in the top office, you don't have to learn anymore to do your job. You're just a figurehead. Well, if you just want to be a figurehead, then you don't have to do your homework for that. You can just show up and, uh, and sort of preside over company meetings. But if you want to actually lead and you're working with strong minded, talented, gifted people, then it's going to push you to grow. And so sometimes we want to just back out of the, the daily leading and, uh, And we want to kind of coast, but uh, it's good to stay involved where you have to keep doing your homework, where you can be exposed and even embarrassed if you're not sharp and prepared. And it doesn't hurt to put yourself in a position where you have to do that. Uh, I also just say, stay future oriented. If you find yourself talking too much about the past and not enough about the future, then you're going to be in trouble. So keep dreaming, keep looking down the road, keep keep thinking about what's the next big thing we're going to do here. Instead of just basking in the glow of some success you had 10 years ago.
1: The good old days. The
0: good old days. Uh, but I tell you, there's, people, there's a lot of people out there in, in every field. They, they'll still tell any new person they meet about the success they had years ago. Uh, but that's fine to have successes and celebrate them. But stay future-oriented. Uh, the future will make you... You don't have to learn anything uh, to look at the past. But to go into the future you have to keep learning and so stay future oriented and that will mean you're always going to have to learn something new you can't you can't be successful in the future with yesterday's expertise Mm. Uh, so when you're future oriented that means there's stuff i i don't even know that i don't know yet i've got to stay current i've got to learn two other things just to say one is keep your standards high Uh, you know when you're starting out and you're losing money in a company. That's that's a crisis. You're you you're gonna uh, never get off the the ground if you can't turn that around quickly. You'll you'll uh, come to a quick end. If it, in the early days you're plateaued or declining, as years go by and you've had years of success, then some people can tolerate lack of success. I've known pastors like that. I mean, they started a church and, and it grew rapidly for 10, 20 years, but then they get older and they lose their momentum. And now the church attendance has plateaued or even been gradually declining for years, but there's still people there. And so there's, there's enough people that say, we, we love you pastor, that they don't realize there's a crisis here. I've, I've got to either grow or I need to go one or the other. Hmm. Uh, if, if I can't grow as a leader to take this uh, church forward or this company forward, then um, I need to get out of the way and have a younger person come in that can. But what we wouldn't have tolerated earlier in our leadership career, sometimes we lower our standards and say, well, with all the years of success I've had, these last five years have been miserable, but, you know, that, but that doesn't compare with the, all the success I had earlier. And the last, uh, the last one too is just be determined to, to finish well. You know I, I, I see some people who have made lots of great contributions along the way, but they don't they just don't finish well. They either stay too long. Uh, some some leaders just can't walk away. And if they would just walk away at the height of their powers, when they've made their greatest contributions, when maybe their strength, their mental agility, whatever else is starting to decline, then to say, let me walk away while everything's in great shape. But I've seen so many leaders that stayed 10 years too long. If they just left 10 years. And I'll tell you, sometimes in the church, it's the worst because a pastor will say, well, there's no word, there's no retirement in the Bible. So I'm 75 years old. The church is dwindling down to a handful, but I'm not going to walk away because retirement's not in the Bible. That's, that's nonsense. When you have just about killed your church, it's obvious you need to walk away. That doesn't mean that you retire from serving God, but, that, but that's different than staying at a place way beyond your, your effectiveness mm-hmm. when you should have moved on. And so I just say, take pride in your work. Take pride that year by year, there's growth, there's profits, uh, there's, there's advancement forward. And if year after year, you're not experiencing success, then take a really hard look at what you perhaps need to do. I just kind of end with a hockey <laughs> example as I want to do. Of course you will. Uh, you know, Ray Bork, if you follow hockey, who played for years and years and years for the Boston Bruins, was one of the most outstanding defensemen of all time. And uh, But in those years, Boston uh, was not a good enough team to to win the Stanley Cup. And so in his, as he is nearing retirement, he actually gets traded to the Colorado Avalanche, which at that time was a good team, and had a chance of winning the Stanley Cup. And for a guy who had played as many years as Bork had, the one thing he'd never, he'd won all kinds of best defenseman awards and other awards, but never won the Stanley Cup. And sure enough, the very last year that he plays, he wins the Stanley Cup. He, his gamble paid off. That team uh, does take him to the final. He gets the Stanley Cup ring. But he's actually uh, actually in the in the final three to win yet another best defenseman award. Uh, he doesn't ultimately win it but uh, that year, uh, but he's in the, a finalist for the, uh, the top three defensemen in the entire league, wins the Stanley Cup, and then he retires. Well, a lot of professional athletes, if you're considered one of the top three in your entire field, if you've just won the top championship... You negotiate for more money, <laughs> and you'd yeah. you'd say, "Well, I may just kind of linger on a little bit longer here. I'm still not. I'm still better than most people in my field." But I admire people that just go ahead and the finish on top. They say, "While I'm winning awards, while I'm still in the running for the best in my field, it's time to move on to the next thing that uh, is out there for me." But far too many people stay too long, mm. and so they're. they're a lot of leaders, the last five years of their leadership is one of decline, of stagnation. They, they stagnated. They weren't what they used to be, but they, they stay on and they harm their organization. And so, as I've often said, when you face the possibility of, of growing stale, as a leader, you either need to grow or you need to go. Either grow so that you're not stale or go. So a fresh new person can come in and continue to take your organization from where it is to where it needs to be.
1: Well, I think that's great. And I I even wrote down in my notes, grow or go, Hmm. uh, when you said that. And I think that that's such an important and uh, necessary reminder to keep in front of us. Well, thank you for another episode. Until next time. We'll see you then.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or
1: comments, please email us at podcast